Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke. And with me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We're ready to go. Missing in action today. The well man, he's on vacation, that lucky duck. So he is not going to be on this week's show. It's just the two-man crew today. Mike, we got a lot of stuff to go over, per the usual. We got a big trade in the NFL. No, I'm not talking about the Bears trading Adam Shaheen, one of their 25 tight ends, to... Miami for a sixth-round pick. I am talking about Jamal Adams is a Seattle Seahawk. I know you, being a Seahawk fan, are over the moon. We're going to talk about that, the pros and cons of that trade from the New York Jets. We're also going to be talking the return of Major League Baseball. We are officially in regular season mode. We have games that actually matter, Michael. Mm -hmm. We have games that actually matter, new results. The Tigers are the Tigers. We're going to talk about them and maybe some missed opportunities they had with their roster build going into the season. In the second half of the show, we're going to do our wrestling update. We've got a lot to talk about. We got extreme rules to talk about. We got TNA's or Impact. Sorry, not TNA. Impact Wrestling Slam Anniversary to talk about. We've got NXT news. We've got AEW. We got all that stuff wrapped into one today. And we've also got the debut of a new NHL franchise, the Seattle Kraken. Um, what do you think about the name and all that good stuff? We're going to be talking about that as well to end the show today. Lots of big stuff going on, Mike. Um, you know, last week's show, I got a lot of positive reviews by, you know, the whole NBA season, right? We've got that as well going on, but we're going to be talking about that after we actually get into these playing games and that kind of stuff. But let's just jump right in, Mike, to the big news of the of the weekend, I guess, is the best way of putting that. Uh, Jamal Adams, disgruntled former New York Jet, all-pro player. He's a stud. Uh, former top five pick is now a Seattle Seahawk in exchange for two first rounders, a third rounder, and Bradley McDougald. Um, and Seattle gets Jamal Adams, and I think a fourth round pick back in that deal. So you know, so that's important. That fourth rounder, yeah, you know, that's where you find all your talent. <laughs> um, your initial impressions on this trade? You know, we talked about this a lot off air, but um, your initial reaction when you saw, all right, Jamal Adams is a Seahawk. Well, um, as a Seahawks fan, you first have to look at the Seahawks organization Mm -hmm. and how important draft picks are to them. Mm -hmm. And in the first round, unfortunately, I'd like to say it was it's they're big gets and they always find the right person, (laughs) but they usually don't succeed. As we see, like a Rashad Penny, just to name one guy very quickly off the top of my head, doesn't work. Russell Confetti. Yeah, all like these guys, guys don't guys really... Swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah, so they just swing and a miss. So I'm usually, as we've been on the show now for like two years now, yeah. I'm always like, listen, I will take draft capital yeah. if we just get rid of one guy and yeah. then try to rebuild around some other people or something. Mm-hmm. But in this specific case with Seattle, I'm totally okay getting a 25-year-old, right. probably a top three safety in the league right now. Yeah. I'll take that for two first-round picks yeah. because knowing what those first-round picks probably would be, right. um, knowing Seattle's history, mm-hmm. I'm okay taking what I know is there yeah, in Jamal Adams yeah, right. than taking possibly good assets, but right. probably won't turn out to be very much right. with Seattle's history. For history. sure. And, and let's talk about this, right? Because it, in in on paper you go, wow, all right, two first-rounders, a third-rounder, right? Like yeah. that That's quite a bit of, of, of draft, and, and they're starting safety from a year ago, right? So the Jets mm-hmm. are getting a starter, you know, they can try to spin it however they want. But the big the big part, obviously, is the two firsts and the third. 
Um, but to your point, right, it hasn't necessarily been where Seattle thrives in the draft, yeah. right? You see the, D, the DK Metcalfs, Tyler, those are the seconds. The Russell Wilsons are the third rounder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of guys where they're Chris able to Chris Carson, play. seventh. Chris Carson, right? Even even we can talk Legion of Boom, right? Yeah. Where Cam Chancellor was a sixth round pick, yeah. right? Ma, Sherman was, I think, a fifth, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, there's a lot of guys where they have found, they've done a really nice job of cementing their roster throughout the draft, not just in the first round, but in later rounds after that. And I think they've done a really nice job of that as by evidence. They're probably, with this trade, the top team to look at in the NFC. Is that the case for you? Like, with like, because we talked before when we looked at the rosters and everything else where this was already a top, you could probably argue, top three team, if not top two with yeah. San Francisco. Um, for me, this, this trade puts them over the top of San Fran. Yeah. Just because I think their offense is more explosive, mm-hmm. and I as much as San Fran's defense is good, at some point once in we've talked about this a lot, there is a regression to the mean at some point. Yeah. So, in, in your opinion, does this put Seattle clear number one favorites, not only in the division but in the conference? Um, I do. I always thought of Seattle <clears throat> pre-trade being around where the Tampa's and like the Eagles yeah. top of the division. But I still think that San Fran was probably the edge. best yeah. mm-hmm. overall roster. I don't see many weaknesses with their roster at all. Yeah. Um but with this addition, I would say you definitely jumped all of those teams below you because now you solidified your secondary. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're able to solidify mm-hmm. a position that wasn't previously yeah. solidified, you have to be <clears> able to jump up in the rankings at right. that point. With, so, a, with, a, with a, I mean, I, I can't understand this enough. Like, like he's he's a stud. Like, he's, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. I mean, he's a he is a, a game-changing type of player Agreed. in the right system. Yeah. So I think that they jump. I think, to me, unbiased side, I think they're probably, to me, the clear favorites. I think Because so. I look at, as we talk about regression back to the mean, teams like the Packers and 49ers would probably go down yeah. to about their average, like, 10 yeah, wins. Yeah, well, yeah and, wins, like that, and the defensive ish. statistics, right, where you go, wow, like, this was just bananas. Yeah. You know, it, it can't I, always repeat itself. Yeah, Seattle always is, they've never, since Russell Wilson's been there, it's never had a losing record. Right. So they've always at least been 9-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were 11-5 and five or whatever. Yep. So I think they'll be... 11 and 5 with that with that addition I think they're probably making the jump to like a 12 and 4 yep. at that point yep. which I would say puts them probably if not the best team you're, the you're easily yep. in the driver's seat as one or two yep Absolutely. Uh, in the, oh, in, the absolutely. in the whole NFC for sure for honestly sure. in the league probably third or fourth yeah well, yeah, yeah the top of the AFC is still pretty is still Stacked, pretty stacked but, for sure but but you make a great point though right where there there've been a model of consistency regardless of this um let's talk Let's talk the benefits and, and I guess cons for Seattle first here, and then we'll talk about the Jets. Okay. Um, for for Seattle, I think I, I like this move a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm not upset about the draft capital, not just because of their draft history, um, but we talked about this off air where Seattle is doing something that teams like the Green Bay Packers should have done, yeah. right? Russell Wilson is in his prime. He is playing. He has never played better, mm-hmm. quite frankly, statistically. He has never played better. He's never made more with less. You know, I'm, now he's got weapons, but yeah. at the time, like he was really carrying the team here, and and now bringing a guy like Jamal Adams in to help solidify the secondary, to help give you another playmaker in addition to Bobby Wagner, who's not spring chicken anymore by any means, to allow them to gr- grab another All Pro guy. It takes some of the the pressure off of Russell Wilson, right? As opposed to a Green Bay Packer team where they went, we're not going to be able to draft anything for yeah. years, and but we're still going to be okay, if not good, with with Aaron Rodgers. 
Now it's like Seattle's going, yeah, we're going to be good with Russell Wilson. Let's be great, though, with Russell Wilson and not have to force him to put up 40 points a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, the con obviously being the two first-round picks and the third, um, I mean, are you, you're you okay with the draft capital um, are you, I mean, are, are you in the same, like, li- are you in line with me as far as like, I don't really, the downside obviously being that they're giving up two first rounders, but at the same time, they get a Super Bowl out of this. I don't think anyone's going to care about no, these two first rounders. not at all. And I think, honestly, thinking about it, I think if it was almost any other position, yeah. I would have been annoyed. Yeah. But when you look at, especially when you look at the top team, probably in the mm-hmm. NFC and the 49ers, yeah. their best offensive weapon is a tight end. Yeah. And I think if you put Jamal Adams right on George Kittle, Ooh. I think I think, matchup, I think it's a great matchup. It's yeah. like when they did against us, the Patriots in Super Bowl 49 with Karan, they were like, all right, Cam Chancellor, right. just we're going to stick you yeah. on him body and see him. what happened and body yeah. him. I think they're going to do relatively the same thing, and yes. I think that's going to be able to allow Bobby Wagner now to be able to, to really be the interior force. Mm-hmm. So I think with that position group, mm-hmm. and if you can uh, get right. past them, get right. to the Chiefs or the Ravens and get a Super Bowl out of it, right. how they a single person would be complaining yeah, for about, sure. about this move. A- absolutely. No, and, and, and that's the big point, right, is yeah. that you're taking – you're forcing – Stanford's like if we're being honest, right? This move is a direct correlation to saying, all right, we're going to beat the 49ers to yes. win this division, right? So you make a great point where Kittle is definitely the safety blanket, right? Because obviously Emmanuel Sanders is not there anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Garoppolo is going to rely even more on Kittle. Kittle's going to need to ball out because he wants a new deal outside of the tight end market, yeah. right? So it, there's a lot of factors in play here. So now you get your best defensive player, or say, if you want to argue Wagner's better, I, I'm, I'm not sure. going to go down yeah. that road. But regardless, one A or one B. You're going to have your guy, you know, shadowing their best offensive weapon. Mm-hmm. And then now you're, like you said, allowing Bobby Wagner to roam a little bit and go, I'm going to be able to play to stop this run mm-hmm. with, you know, with, with Jerron Reed there in the middle. And you go, okay. And, and KJ Wright's, you know, slow ass being up there as well. But you're, you're, you're fortifying a lot of things yeah. and you're forcing what we, what many would say is the 49ers weakness, which is Garoppolo then to say, beat me. Yeah, beat me, it's read the coverage, and now you have to beat me because we're not letting this guy beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that is a that is a uh, extremely um, I would say astute you know thought logic behind me because I think that's exactly yeah. what this. And I think represents. Seattle is built the only team that's really <clears throat> built because I think the Rams are built similar to the 49ers yeah. outside of. They're just not as talented anymore yes. as the 49ers. Correct. But they're like they they rely a lot on the run and Jared Goff just. Yep. Dips does down enough. and it does, does enough, enough to get by. And I think that those two games, I could easily see three and three, four and two in the division pretty yes. easily now, yes. which really helps to get right. over For the hump sure. to that sure. playoff line. Because as you saw last year, week 17, it comes down to you're either the five or six seed or, or you're the one, one seed. Yeah, and, and by the slimmest margins. By the slimmest margins, and yep. you don't want that to happen again. Absolutely. For sure. Now, let's look at this on the other side. From the Jets' perspective, you know, Two first-round picks, a third. It's a nice haul for a guy, um, you know, he's still on his rookie deal, which is, you know, which kind of sucks. But, like, it's a nice haul for a guy who has been very outspoken about being like, I don't want to be here. This yeah. place sucks. I don't like Adam Gase. Everything about it is awful. So, to get what you got for a Jamal Adams, yeah. getting a starter in return, knowing you're probably not going to be very good anyway this year, and it's all about Sam Darnold's development and where you go from here, um... You know, I like. I actually really like this move for the Jets as well. When you think about, all right, so you're going to have higher picks for our picks as the Jets, right? So you have two of those, and then you're going to have now these two for the next two years for for Seattle. You go, wow, all right, and then we have the seconds and thirds. Now you're going to have one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven picks in the next two years in the top, you know, in the top parts of the you yeah know, top forty yeah, picks exactly of both rounds. exactly. So you probably. go, wow, right? Yeah. So we're gonna have two in the first thirty-two, probably three in the first forty-five for the next probably next two years two for years, sure. Yeah. Those are six players that are going to be hopefully key contributors for a Jets team that is hoping to kind of take advantage now that New England's not New England anymore. Yeah. So, you know, your thoughts on the draft on the draft hall for the Jets perspective on what on where they're looking forward, maybe not this year, next year, but going going forward. Oh, I, I 100% agree. Um, I think right now the Jets are in that spot where you look at the Patriots are still good yeah but they're not they're obviously not where they were but they still aren't mm-hmm. don't have the talent there and the bills are on a hard uprise right now yes. and even miami to a certain extent with all the cap they have mm-hmm. is easily on a little bit of uprise just not as much as the bills yeah so you're looking at we're probably clearly the fourth mm-hmm. in this out of this four year yep. so let's take two or three years try to build up yep. to be able to get to these teams because if yep. you try to get all <clears> these pieces now yep. and just do kind of like what the um what the Rams did, try to just like sign a bunch of guys and get yeah. everyone together. It's probably not going to work because you. It's going to be tougher to get through those teams. So right. it's better to build from yeah. scrap, basically. Yeah, draft. for sure. And you, you think you have your quarterback, right? Yeah. You've got Le'Veon, regardless of whether you want him or not. Now yeah. you have him for the next three years. You know, you need weapons offensively still for Darnold for yeah. sure, right? You need to help with the offensive line. The defense needs a lot of work still. You have C.J. Mosley, but. Now you don't have Jamal Adams. Yeah. You don't. You got Quinn and Williams. You don't have another real good pass rusher. I can't even name any corners on your yeah. on your damn roster anymore. One of them's on the Lions now, even. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, allowing yourself. Say you have a top ten pick. You have an opportunity to possibly get one of the five to six studs in a draft. Yeah. But maybe the next two years, along with all right, say Seattle wins the Super Bowl or they're in that conference. They're in that area between twenty eight and thirty two. So now you're going to get hopefully another starter, and then your second-round pick will more than likely be high. Or you give yourself the flexibility to where, say next year, say this year you're terrible, you, you nail the draft. Now that you're after that, now you have some flexibility to maybe package some stuff to go get a guy, mm-hmm. right? To go get an all-pro guy like Seattle's doing right now and say, this is a guy we need to kind of take us over the top. This is a guy we need you know, to, yeah. to really complete whatever we're doing offensively or defensively. So you have some flexibility if you're the Jets to say, yes, this is a hit, but long-term, if you nail the draft, which is obviously key, if you're going to have six picks probably within the top 45 picks for the next two years, mm-hmm. you know, um, and th- and that's big, right? If you yeah. can get a stud and then two starters in the late first, early second, next, those are that's six guys that are going to be key contributors for your potential future. Yeah. Whether or not it works out or not, he's yet to be seen. So I, I like the move both ways. Give your give me a grade if you're Seattle. Give me a grade if you're the Jets. How would um, you grade this? If I you're was, a fan of if you're a fan of both, you're a fan of one, obviously. But yeah. you know, if, give me a grade. I would say I'd give Seattle a little bit higher grade. Yeah. I'd probably give C- honestly I give Seattle like an A minus. Okay. Um you gave up a lot, which is why it's the minus. Yeah. If it was only say like one if first round and a third round, or something, stole, stole. then it's like A, A+. Plus. Yeah. But with the two firsts, it kind of hurts a little bit for the yeah. next two years. Yep. Um, so I'd give it probably like an A-. minus. I think the Jets are about a B, B+, plus because mm-hmm. you did give away probably the best safety in football, arguably yeah. top three safety easily. Yep. So you did give away that, but you did get a lot of draft capital in return. Right. So I don't think either team really is like, man, you stole that from yeah. them or something. Right. And I think I it's think a fair it's assessment, too, because... The Jets are, they're so hit and miss, you know. Yep. It, it's, it feels like sometimes where you're like, man, they're really building something. And then other times you're going, 
what the hell are they doing? Yeah. And it's it's very over under. So it's it's hard sometimes to truly understand what the hell they're trying to do. They're really hoping yeah. the Gase Darnold connection works. And if it does, then they'll be great. You know, if it doesn't, then they're gonna just gonna be the Jets like we always know them. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. All right, let's shift now to the baseball diamond here. We officially have Tigers baseball. It's back. We've got meaningful baseball games to talk about. Um Real quick, before we talk about the Tigers, though, what do you think about uh, Mookie Betts' contract extension with the uh, oh, with the Dodgers? I think it's I think it's good. It's just like uh, I literally look at it as like Patrick Mahomes, yeah. where he's probably the kind best of, young yeah. dude in yeah. the sport, mm-hmm. and just lock him up for what 13, 10 yeah, years or whatever like that. it was. Crazy. Um, yeah, I think it's perfectly yeah. fine for yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it I works a hundred percent for me. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> um, we but did anyway. have Cabrera at a young age, and we locked him up, and then it just kind of ended. Yeah. Recently. Hey, he had a home run yesterday. He did. He had, yeah. He had a home run. He was. He was all for three with three, three strikeouts, and then all of a sudden he's like, like, "I got stuck out." I still got one in me. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the Tigers though, right? Game one, a little bit of a disaster. Game two, they come back and actually get the W right now. So we're tied for first in the AL Central as yep. of this recording. Woo woo. Um, but more importantly though, looking at this roster is really what I want to delve into a little bit here. The Tigers had one or two ways they could have gone with this. And we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago where they could have gone one route where they basically sent everybody that they had that everyone's excited about and said, nope, go back down to the minors. And then the other route would have been, you know what, we're just going to call them all up and we're just going to say, screw it, let's see what happens and let's get them some playing time. They obviously chose the latter and they went with the more experienced team, the more, I guess if you can say that, I can't even name half the people on this roster right now. Um, a couple guys made it, you know, the Bo Burrows of the world are, are on this, you know, right now mm-hmm. giving, getting a chance to start and play meaningful games. Um, what would you have rather seen at this point? Because I do feel like this was a missed opportunity knowing that you're probably not going to do anything anyway mm-hmm. this year. And because it was a shortened season, I, I'm kind of like, what, what are you afraid of? Honestly, uh, yeah. outside of injury, but that's for everybody. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to seen everyone play, <clears throat> but at the same time, I kind of like get why they oh, did yeah. it. You know I, what I mean? mean like you I'm, can rationalize it for sure. There's a yeah. lot of reasons why but, not to. Yeah. yeah, I think they want to save them for like the full. Yeah. Hypothetically, next year you're gonna mm-hmm. have the full 162 or whatever. So you want to save their uh, playing time for then and not this 60 game where people are probably gonna put an asterisk on it because they play less than less. Yeah. 100 less games than normal or whatever. Yeah, right. So they'll probably be like, oh, did they really win it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that they just they chose the one. I would have preferred to see all these young guys play. I think yeah. it would be more interesting to tune in and be like, wow, Tokelson, yeah. Mize pitching every day right. or every yeah. five yeah, days. Yeah, you or got Green. Riley Green, Green yeah, all yeah, these guys. Yeah, right. would have yeah. been a lot of fun to see, but at the end of the day, they didn't. And maybe you'll see some spurt appearances from them, and mm-hmm. that would be cool, but yeah. I don't think – yeah, I, you know, I it's, just... and I, I, it's hard because it they've been so bad now, I feel like, for so long. And, yeah. and, and you know this team is not very good, right? We yeah. know that now. Um, no matter what they try to tell you, they're not going to be a very good baseball team. So, for me, I was just kind of like... What what's the harm here, right? You know, if if Mines goes in there and gets rocked and goes zero and five on the year, all right, whatever. It, it, I I don't care because I, for me, I just go, okay, cool. We yeah. you know, like let's fix it, let's work on it, rather than we still don't know what these guys can do. And I know some of these guys are still super young, you know, 8, 19, 20, 21 years old. But at this point in time, you're like, all right, you know. It, as a fan, I think it's hard for someone to say, hey, look at all this stuff we have over here. Don't touch it. But yeah. we got it over here, but you can't touch it yet. It's like it's like 
Christmas morning, but everyone telling you you can't open the presents until yeah. you know your until uncle later. comes over. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so it's it's tough for sure. Um, you know, based off of just this preliminary, what you've seen the past couple games, you know. I mean, what is your what's your ceiling for the Tigers? Are they a five hundred team? You know, there's only sixty games, and most of them are against the division, and our division sucks. Yeah. So, I I'm not saying necessarily that they're like playoff contenders, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're hovering around five hundred just because you know Royals are bad, White Sox aren't very good, yeah. the Twins are fine, you know Cleveland is Cleveland, but yeah, I I don't see there's like a a clear yeah. runner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably put us about 500. Yeah. The schedule does help because, as you said, the yeah, division is 40 rough. games is against yeah. the same against, teams. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say about that's probably, 500. That, that's their ceiling. Let me clarify. That's their ceiling yeah. for me. Is their, Yeah. I look at that. more like probably like 25 wins. Yeah. 20, yeah. 22 wins or something. That's, yeah, probably, that's probably where I would put them at. Would you rather see them do, because this is a shortened season where everyone's just kind of like, yeah, screw it anyway, yeah. where. Would you rather see them just tank it hard again and see if you can get the first overall pick again? Um, Especially if you're not, if you're not, if there is no intention from the front office or this organization to play any of these guys that are sitting there right now, and you're just going to go with what you have. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're going to try, but yeah, you're just going to just say screw it, and if you're going to lose, we might as well lose and and get the number and yeah. make sure we secure the number one pick yeah i think it's gonna be hard because i think that in 60 games yeah. everyone the top teams are gonna be try like yeah. like you have to try every single it's not like yeah. oh game 84 we'll just kind of sit that one out for right. a minute or whatever yeah. so i think everyone's gonna be going hard every game so i think the disparity between like the good teams and bad teams are gonna be pretty wide yeah and because their division's so bad i think even for like we're trying to lose. Yeah. We might actually fall on some wins. On some wins. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So I think it's gonna. I think it'd be really hard in sixty games to take. It's kind of like football, where it's, yeah. it's just kind of like hard because to yeah. like do whatever because everyone's trying so hard to win all right. these games. Yeah, usually it's just your roster is that bad. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you're trying. It's yeah, so I think if they games. try, I, I think if they wanted to, obviously yeah. they could tank and go mm-hmm. pretty bad here. But yeah. I think they're gonna try to win some. That's why I'm like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me yeah. for sure. And, it's gonna be and do I care? See, like, for baseball, I'm like, you won't see the guy for four years anyway. So at that point, I'm like, I don't know if tanking yeah. would help you at that point. Yeah, I know. I just For me, I just go, like, if we're going to continue on this, let's just stock up for the winner kind yeah, of mentality, maybe. you know, where I'm like, well, if we're going to suck, let's suck. Yeah. And let's do they have the a chance? You know, they're, they're expanding the playoffs at 16 teams. Yeah. So over half the teams are getting in. <laughs> so do you think they'd even get a shot with 16 teams to get in? No. Okay. I'm not saying I hope they don't, quite frankly, because okay. what's the point? I mean, it's like the Lions hanging playoff banners, like playoff appearances 2011, and you go, that's really sad. Like, yeah. you know, like, if they did, I guess it would give somebody, it would give us something to talk about for sure. What are the odds they're going to win a playoff series? Negative four. But yeah. it's still, no, I don't I don't think they will. Um, like I said, I it's going to be a battle for third, I think, Probably. in the division, you know, or... Whatever, so I, I don't I don't see that happening. But it'll be interesting for sure to see. Now, if they go on a 10-game win streak here, all of a sudden you're like, oh, they got a little bit of momentum going, then that's something to talk about. Yep. But until it happens, I don't have a lot of optimism about this team just yet. And maybe next year is the year where we really look and get to see maybe. you know, a lot of these guys you know, on a big league roster. Fingers crossed so we can Fingers. stop sucking forever. Um, all right, that's going to be it for part one of this show. At, uh, after the break, we're going to be talking a lot of wrestling stuff. We're going to be talking the debut of the Seattle Kraken um, and maybe possibly even the Washington football team as well because that's super cool news as well. So mm. all that good stuff after the break. Stick around. Hey, guys, the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke. You've heard me talk about this for a long time. I'm going to keep 
promoting it every single week on this show because I'm just so damn excited about it. We have brand new merchandise at belowthecollar.com forward slash I'm always right PC. Make sure to go there. If you want to support the show in any way in particular, that's the best way to do it. Buy the shirt, tell all your friends, wear the shirt outside, let them know that the best you listen to the best sports podcast in the Metro Detroit area, the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. We greatly appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be uh, a part of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast family, make sure to go and fill out our contact page at I'mAlwaysRightPC.com. We'd love to hear it. Uh, send us some comments. Send us uh, show topics if you want to hear us talk about something in particular. If we miss something, let us know. If we're wrong, let us know. We'll be sure to reach out back to you or send us an email at iarbroadcastmedia at gmail.com. Once again, we appreciate all your support. Now, here's part two of this week's episode. And welcome back to part two of episode 86, 87, something like that. We're on the road to 100. I know that much for sure. Uh, let's jump right back in though, Mike. We're going to talk some wrestling news. Lots of stuff to go over. Let's talk the oldest, the newest here. So let's talk uh, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary event. Um, you know, a couple new champions were crowned, right? We got a new TN- Impact. I'm going to keep, keep saying TNA over and over again. Um, new Impact Women's Champion in Diana Peruzzo or whatever her name is, right? We've got a new X Division Champion in Chris Bay. We've got a new Impact World Champion in Eddie Edwards. That's the big news out of this um but really what i want to talk about here though is the is the debuts of a lot of new talent for impact wrestling right ec3 is back eric young is back heath slater woo is over there he's in there he's there um the good brothers carly anderson doc gallows they're back uh the motor city machine guns now they're not from wwe but they're now in Impact Wrestling as well, and they won the Impact Tag Titles from the North just this last week, which uh, both great tag teams. If you haven't heard of them, you definitely should be invested in them. But um, a lot of a heavy influx. Did I miss anybody from the talent wise? Obviously, Peruzzo is there now, but um, um, no, I don't anybody? think so. I think I hit everybody on that. But point being, right, a lot of new talent, some old faces, some new faces going into Impact Wrestling. Um, your thoughts on the acquisitions, do, do some of them make sense? Some of them you don't really understand why they're there. Um, your favorites, your non-favorites, all that good stuff. Give me your, your analysis on, on them. Basically, go on a bit of a signing spree. Yeah. Oh, did you say Kurt Hawkins? Kurt Hawkins. Sorry, that's another that one I missed, it. too. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was the one I just remembered because he yep. posted a picture of it. Yeah, they did, yeah they did the thing. Um, yeah, they did the thing. Like well, that. they did like a little <laughs> promo thing where yeah, like they're trying to make him look like a badass. And I yeah. go, you're Kurt Hawkins. You haven't won a match in five yeah. years. I will now. say, uh, as a casual fan who tunes into only Slammiversary every single year, <laughs> because for some reason, Slammiversary is always a lot of what fun. What do you think of the show? I thought it was a good show. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was better than Screen Rules that we're going to talk about oh, in a second. Oh, 100% was. I mean, um, that's I, not I hard, think, but... No, it wasn't. I think, <laughs> I think Extreme Rules had the best match out of both, yeah. but I think like it goes like, that one match that we'll talk about, yeah. then like six matches on Impact, yeah. and then like the next Extreme sure. Rules match. Yeah. So um, take that as you may. Yeah. But um, yeah, I liked Impact. I liked most of their signings because yeah. I think the guys like EC3 that doesn't work out in WWE, I think are just fantastic at Impact. Yeah. Like his gimmick thing right now mm-hmm. is just so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think the Good Brothers are going to be like, they're already the most compelling thing on Impact. <laughs> I watched 
Because as a casual fan, yeah. they actually made me want to watch right. yeah. the next one. For sure. Where like WWE, I'm just kind of like, I guess I'll watch it anyway. Because mm-hmm. I'm just so like, I just know Mondays, I'm just going to probably watch it yeah. anyway. It's going to be on. It's going to be on and <laughs> yeah. I know it's going to be on. Mm-hmm. Where Impact is like, all right, let me go find the channel mm-hmm. and actually like will myself to put this on. Yep. It was actually yep. a really good show and I love all the new signings. I think everyone kind of fit into, they did a really good job of putting everyone into like their own unique storyline yep. right yep. away. For EC3 sure. attack Moose, yep. the Good Brothers are kind of feuding with um, uh, Ace Austin and his bodyguard guy yep, yep. and then they gave the yep. tag motion machine gun so yep. everyone's kind of in their groove and right. doing their own thing Eric Young is feuding with Eddie Edwards already yep. uh, I do want to hit real quick on this though um, the one thing I will say I didn't watch the show I, I just saw highlights of it but the one thing I was a little disappointed with is when they tease that fourth guy in the main event of Slamversary and Rich Swan walks out yeah that was a big bummer for me. And then, okay, now Eric Young is there, too. Nothing against Eric Young. I get it. He's a former Impact champion. He's an X-Division tag champ. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. But, at the same time, when you're teasing that, oh, it's going to be some, you know, like a name, and then those are the two guys you come out with, I understand that you already had some of your better talent in the ring already. That was a little bit like, oh, yeah. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay. Like I just, yeah, like I just was like, it was a little like anticlimactic for me. Mm-hmm. I'm also really surprised Ace Austin did not get the win. I think yeah. they're really playing the long game with him. Yeah, but yeah, he's their, he is their next homegrown guy. Yeah. that is like that's gonna be their guy. He is their. If you're an AEW fan, MJF is definitely the next world champion and waiting. Yeah, that's who Ace Austin is. Hundred for sure. Yeah. So we're definitely gonna see that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think that. There has not been this much optimism about Impact Wrestling in a long time. Um, they finally have some steady ownership. They finally have something going where, like, some some cohesion yeah. and storylines. Um, I'm surprised they haven't brought some fans back yet, like WWE and AEW done. Like, they're still going completely empty arena. I'm a little shocked by that, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so, like, the title win for the Motor City Machine Guns felt very, like... Yeah, yeah it was a good job. <laughs> yeah, like, like, okay, not, cool. Yeah. You know, like, it was whatever. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, I'm very excited for them. I wish they would get on an actual, like, legit channel that yeah. I could find. Yeah, they don't week. get enough yeah. viewers. No, it's hard. Channel, it really but... is. It really is. I wish they would post their shows like, in, to, like, YouTube or something if they could They're do that. They're on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> sure. But point being, right, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited because I think that, once again, you know, AEW is clearly, you know, WWE is number one. You just got to accept it. It is what it is. But, you know, not ratings-wise, but just in general, the biggest company in the world. Um, and, you know, you have AEW. So it's nice to see Impact, you know, obviously because Ring of Honor is still doing nothing right now. Yeah. Have another alternative, you know, especially here in North America, to, to watch something and see some of these guys that maybe you've forgotten about getting a chance in a smaller company. I think it's I think it's great for the business as a whole. Um, let's shift now from Slamversary, though, to Extreme Rules. I did not get to watch this show at all. I just saw highlights on Twitter and what have you. I know the results of the matches, okay, um, cool. but I didn't get to watch anything. So, Mike, tell me about Extreme Rules. Oh, I, heard, I heard it was riveting. <laughs> <laughs> that is one way to pull, put it. Yeah. Um, actually, let me... I'm going to look up the card so I remember everything that happened on the yeah. card. Because I can only name you about three matches that actually happened on the card. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And two of the three I'm going to name are the three ones that stand out to me that were yeah. like good matches, yeah. and then everything yeah, else right. really... Kind of fell flat for me. The only thing that I was legitimately enthralled or like invested in was Shinsuke and Cesaro yeah. versus the New Day, and uh-huh. Shinsuke and Cesaro won the tag title, so I was happy about that in the tables match. Um, 
But outside of that, though, there was nothing about this card, and we talked okay. about it ahead of time, where we there was nothing about this card that really made me go, I'm really excited to watch this yeah. card, you know? Yeah. I, um, I think WWE does a, has a big problem, which I think where AEW succeeds in their minor, mm-hmm. like, shows in between. Like, this is obviously the, we're going to build the SummerSlam card, mm-hmm. but because of that, there's absolutely no way anything's happening on this card, right. and I think right. that's their the problem, the monthly pay-per-view, uh, pay-per-view system, yep. they're having really big trouble with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was happy for Cesaro and Shinsuke to win the SmackDown Tag Titles in that yep. tables match, um, and actually interesting to talk about what happened the Friday after that, too, yeah. where Kofi's hurt, so now Big E's probably going to get a push for... A championship of some oh, sort. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be really cool. I don't yeah, know if you even do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I certainly. Yeah, I heard that he was. Yeah, they were. They were talking. Yeah, Kobe's about out for like four to six weeks or something with some kind of injury because he took go. a hard table bump. And yeah. I'm sure it's because of that. Yeah. Uh, so well, that it would was be nice to see him in the intercontinental title picture or whatever. I mean, if they put him in the world title picture, he's just gonna get demolished, and he doesn't deserve to be there anyway. No offense, yeah. but it's just not. It's not. Kofi was already an established single star before the new day. Yeah. And so uh, Biggie's not. Yeah. Uh, Bailey and Nikki Cross, I think, is probably the worst match on this card. Yeah. Um, well, it, not not much. There's I, nothing unique, to talk about. Yeah, there's really. nothing there. Yeah, I mean, you knew what was going to happen, and the, until Nikki actually were to get get a big win somewhere, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Rollins and Masir for the eye for the eye, which I thought was wild at best. Yeah, and. He just tore his eye out, so yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently right there, was, the there was some CGI stuff. No, I think they just used, like, a fake eye. No, they're doing, yeah, they were going to do, like, some CGI prosthetic stuff and that was shot, and then Vince said that looks terrible, so I that's why they didn't show that, and yeah. they just showed Rollins puking all over himself. Instead. Well, yeah, they showed, like, a fake eye hanging from the side, yeah. and then Rollins just threw up everywhere, because... Yeah. They just love roll up on WWE TV all of a sudden. It's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought Asuka and Sasha Banks for the first fifteen minutes out of this exact twenty minute match yeah. was very good, and then the last five minutes That's got stupid. a little too. They're building for Raw is yeah. really what they were doing, and you could tell you know they didn't really want to beat Sasha right here. I yeah. think Sasha and Bailey have been shining stars over the past couple of months. They mm-hmm. they have really amped up their. This is the best Bailey's ever looked on the main roster. Oh, and yeah. it's not even close. And I'm really, really happy that these... And I think it's partially because Charlotte's not there right now. Mm-hmm. It is giving people like Asuka and and Bailey and I mean, these are all big names in the women's division. But, like, there's always that cloud of flair around everybody. Now that she's gone for a little while, it, you're really seeing... Especially, I, I've been super impressed with Bailey mm-hmm. in this entire run. Yeah. And then uh, McIntyre beat Dolph Ziggler, which... I almost texted you because I know you weren't watching yeah. it. But he cut. So Ziggler comes out and goes, The stipulation for this match is an Extreme Rules match. And I literally threw my phone <laughs> outside of my room and went, You have to be kidding yeah. me. And then right after that, but then he added a stipulation yeah. where he can only use Extreme right. Rules. Right. And Not, then if he right. gets counted on DQ, then he wins the title. So he literally put everything against him. Which at that point, then I was right. like, okay. I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. Version, yeah. but if it was just Extreme Rules, I'm like, you're you're just yeah. a dumb heel yeah. at that point. Really bad. Uh, but I thought this, when I say the best match of both days, I think this one was actually probably the best match on both days. Right. But after that, it's, I think it yeah. was... And it's hard because you going in, you're like, Dolph has no chance. Right? Yeah. There's no way he, they're dropping, he's dropping the title right now. It's obviously going to be set up for him and Orton, I'm guessing, yeah. at SummerSlam. It's a hundred show I'm assuming, yeah. too. So, with that being said, though, you know, you have McIntyre, you have Dolph. I'm always expecting a very good match, regardless, exactly. right? Yeah. Like, you know, Dolph, no matter what, even though every moral fiber of your being is just like, 
there's no way he's winning it. There's always that one ninety nine point nine percent chance where you're just like maybe maybe he does. You yeah. know, just because he's he's so good yeah. at what he does. Yeah, um, I, I kind of looked at that more into like some of the takeovers that mm-hmm. we've seen where we're like, there's mm-hmm. no like, there's almost a zero percent chance. Yeah, the tag titles change hands, right. but, but that the mid match yeah. there's like that little bit you're of like, hope where you're like, boy, like, well, got close. Yeah, yeah. Ziggler had some of those moments. Where I was like, wait, that was a little, a little close. close for yeah. me. Right, um, right, for sure. So that happened, and then the Bray Wyatt Strowman Wyatt Swap Fight match was probably. I'm gonna fact check this pretty hard. I think this was probably the worst cinematic match yeah. that they've uh, done. Probably, yeah. Probably. And I'll say that because I think most of them have actually been pretty good. Yeah, and I this one really I did not nice think was good. Though. Do you think too? It doesn't help that maybe that they're kind of running out of gas on those. Just a maybe little bit. they're maybe yeah. relying a little too much on that. Maybe because of that, like when we first got the first couple, even the Money in the Bank ones, I understood because oh, it was yeah, hard that's to do it in the performance center. Like, there's there's so much you really yeah. can't do, but after that it's like okay we're gonna keep doing yeah. these yeah things. so I, yeah so there's the four this would be the fourth one right? yeah. so you had the boneyard you yeah. had the firefly funhouse yeah, one dual then money in the bank dual money in the bank and, and then I this, this one, one. I, I think, think this yeah. one's probably by far the worst one yes yeah but like actually i didn't enjoy it that much yeah. i thought it was very confusing and didn't make a lot of sense no and, and you could it. tell though that it was just fodder for SummerSlam or you're assuming that The Fiend is going to take the title back from Strowman I would hope and all this all this match did for me honestly was make me miss Roman Reigns yes that's all Smackdown has been right like I am loving the stuff that AJ's been doing with the IC title I don't understand Grand Metal League getting a new getting a title shot don't understand that at all but hey trying to push new talent so I'm not going to dog it but from the main event scene, the Universal title literally might as well not exist. It yeah. is completely useless. It means absolutely nothing to anybody. And it really is making me miss Roman Reigns so bad right yeah. now. And and that's something where I know some people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of Roman Reigns. But when you think about it, at least when Roman was champion, you either wanted him to lose yeah. or you, wanted him, you just wanted to see him get his ass kicked or you wanted to see him win in some regard. So, like, it was... I would rather have that than not care at all. Yeah. You know, even if you get, even if Roman held the title, you're just, oh, let's go, like get it off him, please. I'd rather say that than, but not because I'm bored, but because I just want somebody else. Because I'm kind of tired of Roman being champion. Other than I don't want to see Braun Strowman because I don't want to see Braun Strowman, and yeah. that's the difference for me. Um, real quick, I do want to hit on NXT uh, real fast here. Keith Lee putting uh, vacating the North American Championship. Um, so we're going to see the six-way ladder match. Uh, NXT 30 is, you know, about a month away now. Um, it's like the middle, I think it's like late yeah, August, right? August, um, so we're obviously, we're building towards Keith Lee and Killer Cross, right? Yeah. We're going to see another ladder match to crown the new North American champion, where we're going to see probably a lot of the names that you're not expecting in this. You're not going to see the Garganos and the Finn Balors, I don't think, in that match. You're going to see the Bronson, whatever. You're going to see the, the Timothy Thatcher's, the... Uh, Damian Priest, those kind of guys, yeah. probably in that match. Um, thoughts on where NXT you think you're kind of heading going into probably the biggest, hopefully the biggest takeover they've ever had. You it, know, it won't be, it won't be but, but not from pretty, a quality, but they're going to build it as yeah, like the this is the thirtieth anniversary, 30th, yeah, whatever thirtieth one. Yeah, I'm yeah, um, I'm totally okay with it. I think yeah. they need the clear mid card division mm-hmm. to be better. Well, here's the problem: is I think when you put all these guys, I'm. I guess it's not a problem. I'm actually, actually happy with it because maybe then if you put these guys, if you can make the clear division, you can push guys like Finn and Champ and Gargano to the main event scene. Yeah. Because once 
assumingly that um, Cross, kill, is, Cross gonna is gonna kill Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. Yep. There's no one for him to really verse mm-hmm. at that point, so maybe he'll ha- go back to Champa, yep. or maybe Finn yep. will challenge him because yep. he's been on top and stuff. Yep. So I need those guys to be in the main event, or so yep. he has literally no one to verse. So I need to build up the mid card scene. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally okay with mm-hmm. having six guys who haven't. Right. Done a lot right. to be put in this match because that's what the first one right exactly was. It, was, it was all guys that hadn't been champion before right yeah. all guys that were in the middle upper mid card scene yeah. where you're like these all could potentially be NXT champions in this ring right now yeah. you had Ricochet debuting EC3 debuting and you're like it was a stacked card of yeah. guys in that ring and you're going okay it's literally anybody's ball game and I think they're trying to recreate that yeah. in this situation and I think you're right establishing some new talent. Which I think will then hopefully, and this is more just personal bias, hopefully allow the Undisputed Era to segue out of NXT and go to the main roster. Real quick, thoughts on McAfee, <laughs> Adam Cole segment. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Loved every second. I'm of it. really hoping they do because I was I was really not, I was not ready for any of that to actually happen. It's so out of the re- so out of the blue, right? Yeah. And it's all of a sudden you're like, oh, Adam Cole blows up a Pat McAfee, and you go, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? And then he's throwing f bombs and everything else. Yeah. I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah. I loved every second of it. Do you think it. we're going to see a match? Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I almost because wish it was with more people. Because I feel like the crowd would really... Oh, would love it, Elevate yeah. it so much Because, more. and I say that because I don't know what Cole... Yeah, I don't know what Cole's are. not going to do anything at this takeover then. Right. And I think you need Cole at this takeover. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... Just yeah. like the big, like, yep. oh my god, Pat McAfee's going to be in a match. Yeah, and it's, yeah, right. It's a celebrity yeah. gimmicky match, right? It's not going to be good. Now, I, mean, I was going to say, now, here's the thing is, yeah. can Matt, Pat McAfee wrestle at all? Well, uh, he's, he's... If he can yeah. go for ten minutes and actually, like, wrestle right. a little the, bit, If they do a no-holds-barred so type thing, yeah. right? You got a lot of gaga in there, and you allow it to just be something entertaining, where... Yeah. Pat McAfee does a big high spot with a crossbody or something yeah. like that. Something to that effect. Cole still goes over. Yeah. But, like, it's a nice showing. It's a fun match where it's like, but you can really build it as, like, I don't like you. And they've yeah. done this and they teased this for so long where it's like, when you think about their first interactions on these pre-shows all the way to now, that's a massive story arc yeah. that they're playing. And I think Cole is one of those guys, because of how solid he is in the ring, that I definitely think he could they could pull that off. And Pat McAfee's an athlete. He's That's what fun. I mean. Like he's an athlete. I'm like, can so he go 10, 15 minutes? I guess I think yeah, so. I so think I think he definitely could. And I think it'd be a nice little like, especially with the thirtieth show, right? Big main event thing. You know, Keith Lee first double champ. Blah 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 against the big monster. You got a six way ladder match. You know, the tag division's kind of meh at the yeah. moment, right? So you need that third staple match to kind of like. Yeah. As a semi-main yeah. to go in there and go Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole, I think that would be phenomenal. Especially like if they did like Pat McAfee brings a whole bunch of old cult buddies or something like yeah. that against the era to kind of cancel that yeah. out. There's a lot of possibilities there, so it would be it'd be exciting. I would I, be very I, pumped. I, yeah, I'd be that'd be great. I'd be I'd be really excited. All right, let's real quick let's shift to your last topic of the day. Let's talk about some new teams in the world. Let's talk first. The NHL gets a 32nd team, finally, so the weird 31 teams. They get the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken. We get a Seattle team, I think, since like the first time since like the 70s. Um, this is the first time that we've had an NHL team in Seattle. Thoughts on the name? Um, how excited are you for this expansion draft? Not so much for the Wingspan, because there ain't no way for you to take anyway that's going to be available. So yeah. um, thoughts on the name, the logo, that kind of stuff. 
Um, uh, I I don't hate anything about it. Yeah. I think it, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I think if they don't have like their intro every time they come out say release the Krakens, I think they're missing a big opportunity. I hope during like big times like they have the big crowd thing where it goes crack 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 crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they need their 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 stadium. Like they need like yeah. little tentacles over know, the the, right? the glass or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like because yeah. they are krakens. Like they need to go all out for this one yeah. because they're the krakens. Yeah. Or they're the kraken. The there's no s. Yeah, there's no s. Um, for all sports the, fans the out squiddies. there, it's a big thing. Yeah. The squiddies. Yeah. Um, but the only problem I have is I don't really love the logo. I feel like if I was wearing the logo, I'd be like. What is yeah, that? I was like, hoping I'm not... one of the alternatives was going to be like a cool, like squid-looking guy. That's what I thought too. And yeah, I was like, maybe not their primary because, like, you got to keep it somewhat simple for your yeah. primary logo. But like, from like a hat or like a, a yeah. t-shirt or something, like a cool, like a menacing, like Kraken guy, yeah. I thought would have been a little bit cooler. I love the color scheme though. Really, really like the color. Yeah, the, scheme they had the uh, Dallas Renegade XFL kind of thing. Yeah, like the teal color. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was really neat. Um, you know, I, let's talk about the other one too. While we're talking on the, you know, the names and all that good stuff, what what are your thoughts on the Redskins becoming the Washington, Washington football, football team, um, and kind of delaying that kick? I, I, and on, in fairness to them, it's going to be super hard just to be like, hey, by the way, here's our new logo and here's our yeah. new team name with like seventy days before the season yeah. starts. I will say, it I don't even mind just calling them the football team. Yeah, I do think that if you're going to change ever not like maybe not even change club but if you're going to change your name yeah. i would like to become the dc something yes yeah, because i think washington, washington because yeah. i think that confuses um everyone because i think like when you say like like when i say like washington capitals and you're not a big hockey fan yeah you're like are you from like yeah, washington, washington like the, the state the northwest like the <laughs> state yeah. or are you from dc i think that confuses people yeah so i'm like if you say washington football team or whatever they're gonna be called mm-hmm. it's just like where are you at because you know there's a seattle team yeah. but are they have two teams up there or right. what is that california's got seven it feels like yeah so whatever <laughs> so i would like them to become the dc something because i think there are a lot of names roll off of dc well mm-hmm. like you're like dc yeah. names like right. it would probably work out mm-hmm. so um that's a change i would like to see if you're gonna do a whole change yeah, um, I would honestly like to see a color change too. That's just my personal preference. I don't really like the. Yeah, I'm not. I've, I've never been a big yellow. fan. But Ugh. the good thing is, I'm not really a big fan, so I don't watch a lot of Redskins. I don't either. So they're, they're one of those boring teams to watch, yeah, quite so. frankly. But it's good. It's it's cool. You know, new merchandise, all that good stuff. You know, yeah, new, really logo, cool. new logos, new uniforms. They'll make a lot of money because now they're oh, their yeah. thing just says Washington now. Yeah. And then when the team changes, they yeah. can sell New Jersey. They're what people can have like four Dwayne Haskins jerseys yeah. of all of like for two seasons for two seasons worth of football. Before he gets cut and they draft Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be or Jacksonville or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know it's yeah, gonna be fine. Okay. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just gonna be interesting for sure. You know, the Redskins name, I'm not gonna get into all that. That's beyond our pay grade, but you know, it is what it is. Um I don't really like the name. I don't think the logo looks good anyway, quite frankly. Take the the racial thing yeah. out of it for a second and, and whether it's offensive or not. Just the actual logo itself looks awful. Yeah. Like it just doesn't there's nothing I would never ever be excited to buy a Washington Redskin anything. Yeah, just from a like nothing, right? Like there are certain teams like I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. I will never wear a Dallas Cowboys merch, but the star is an iconic yeah. cool look. Like it looks cool, but it like there's nothing cool yeah. about the Washington Redskins look, jerseys, name, anything. It's yeah. all Agreed. it's all crappy. So it's it is what it is. But um that's gonna be it for this week's show. Next week 
I don't know. There's going to be a lot of stuff. Lots of stuff changing. Um, I do want to talk. We're going to talk Madden next week, though. We're going to be talking about some Madden ratings. We're going to be talking about some good stuff there because oh, I'm excited. Because okay. cool. we're, we're right about it at that we're time. We're a month away. Yeah, we're about a month away. I'm okay. excited cool. about it. So We can maybe talk basketball. Maybe. Because the regular season will be Thursday. Thursday. July 30th. There we go, right? Well, we can watch the Lakers and Clippers. At nine o'clock, Le- LeBron and ESPN. Kawhi hit, hit knees. They're both out for the whole. Oh, year. <laughs> then we see how good the teams yeah. really are. And and Zion will be back because he's go. coming back from quarantine, so there we he'll, go. Be, he'll be available that day. So be interesting stuff for sure. Stuff. So yeah, we're probably talking some NBA action as well. Lots of good stuff coming your way as always from us for the missing well man. He's the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.